0: Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for uh, your mercy towards us. And uh, God, we're we're nothing without you. And I acknowledge that this morning. And I pray, Father, that you would have your way in this service this morning. God, that you would let me not say anything that I'm not supposed to say, but everything that I'm supposed to, Lord. I pray that you would guide my lips, Lord, that I may be a vessel that you can use. I pray for the hearts um, that this word falls on. God, that it would be uh, meat for the master's use, that they would be able to take it and use it um, for this week, or that they would be able to, imp- imp- imp, you know, put it in their lives. And God, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, And we all say amen, amen. Okay, so today I'm going to talk a little bit about standing, standing. And as the kids pastor, you see I have, you know, the whole family up there um, standing on God's promises. And, and I kind of want to go through this. Um, I looked up the word standing, and as a noun, it means a position, a status, or a reputation. Um, But as an adjective, I thought this was interesting, it says something remaining in force. It's permanent standing. And that's the idea that I want to deliver today, standing on God's promises. We have a lot of shifting going on, (laughs) amen, in the world. We, We have a lot of shifting. We have a lot of things going on. But I believe that we, as God's people, can stand in the midst of whatever's going on in our life. Um, another version, it talks about, and we have this idea of standing. And when we look at Ephesians six eleven, the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, that's the King James Version. Another version puts it like this. Putting on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand Firm against the schemes of the devil. I want to focus on the word stand firm. I looked up the word stand firm because I like to know the meaning behind what words are used because I believe it's important. And it means to refuse to change a decision or position. It goes on in verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 6 and it says, take the helmet of salvation but I want you to focus on this, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So how do you stand? Well, the Bible is clear, it says it's the word of God. Now, it it has everything else, the armor you take on, the breastplate of righteousness, it goes through it, but I want us to focus on the sword of the spirit being the word of God. When's the last time you took some time and you really read the word of God? It's not a rebuke. Man, I'm challenging myself. It's a challenge. When is the last time that you didn't just listen to a one-liner on a message? Man, that's good. But you actually heard from the very throne of God, and you opened up his word. You know, I was raised uh, Pentecostal, and I'm not ashamed of that at all. But I was raised Pentecostal, and sometimes we would say, I want a word. I'm going to go to that revival so I can get a word, a prophecy. And that's, you know, it was wonderful when I got those things, and sometimes they were true, and sometimes they weren't, you know, and you, you discern through the word of God. But we have the Bible, and what it says, and every promise in that Bible is yours, but sometimes we fail to open up the word and read it, amen? And, and I want to challenge you this week, read it. And you say, well, I don't have a lot of time. Well, you know, seriously, I know all about it, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, I struggle. I struggle being a single mom and I'm working and doing all these things, getting the doors and being a good mom. Cause you know, I tell them to love Jesus. I don't want to be a mean mom, you know how that is. And so I, I'm, I'm over here doing all kinds of things and I know I need to need the word of God and I know I need to listen to it. So mom gave me a suggestion. My mom's here. She gave me a suggestion. She just said, just play it audio over YouTube and listen to it. Whether you know you're listening to it or not, it is going in your spirit not just worship music, but the word of God. And so what I start doing through my house is I start playing it on my TV, the word of God. And the kids will say, what are we listening to, mom? And I'll say, Psalms, that's what we're listening to. You're gonna hear it, and they'll be playing on the carpet, but they're listening, whether they know it or not, the word of God is going in them. Do you believe that the word of God is that powerful? Because it is transformative in our lives, amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to go on. That's just a challenge. Read your Bible. Okay? Read your Bible. The Word of God gives us many tools to combat the enemy, and it's often the most neglected. It's the I'll never forget what my mom said as a child. She said, honey, you need to read the Word because you've got your flesh man, your spirit man, and whichever one is the strongest wins. And so I'd read the word of God, I'd be in like Deuteronomy and somebody got so-and-so and and somebody got so-and-so and and I had no idea what I was reading. Um, But I would imagine, I remember I was eight years old, I remember imagining myself eating a steak dinner in the spirit. It's silly, but it helped me. And And I tell Leah all the time, I say, hey, you're reading it because not that you always understand it, but because it's life. It will, when it goes into you, even if you're reading Deuteronomy, it will change you in ways that you don't even know. Amen? Okay, so we're going to go on. There are 8,810 promises and 7,487 of them being God's promises to us. So what's a promise? It's a declaration or assurance that one will do a particular thing or that particular thing will happen. It's a promise. The Bible gives So if there are 8,810 promises, then God thought it was important. He did. He thought it was important. And and so I want to give you three promises right now today for you to take so that you can combat the enemy in your life. Number one, number one, God cannot fail. Amen? Do you believe that? God cannot fail. You are not a failure. Somebody said you are not a failure if you get back up. But God has never failed. He's never had to get back up because he's never failed. And Joshua 21, 45 the Bible says not one of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. In Lamentations 3, and the reason why I'm giving you these scriptures because I want to see what I'm saying. I'm backing up. In Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, the Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases. They never fail. They're new every morning. And Joshua 1, 8 and 9, this is the book of the law. Don't let it depart from your mouth, talking about the Bible. Meditate it on day and night. There's where I got that. Meditate it on day and night. Verse number 9, it says, have not I commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. And it goes on, it says, for the Lord your God is with you. God will not fail. Amen. I want to look at the book, and I know I'm going fast. We don't have a whole lot of time. But I want to look at the book and, and the character of Naomi under God will not fail. Naomi, if you've ever read her story, she left She left her home country, went to Egypt, had her husband, her two boys. They grew up. Man, she had a good life. They married uh, from, the, from Moab. They married those two sons, if you know the story. And then she lost her two sons and her husband. And some of us are crying when minor things happen in our life. She lost all three. She lost her mom or her husband, her two sons. And she's left with these two daughter-in-laws that don't even know her God like she knows him. She returns, you know, she has Ruth and and Ruth becomes her love. And I love the story of Naomi because at that point in Naomi's life, she felt like God had failed her. She could have become bitter. She could have become frustrated. She could have become all of these things. But you know what? She said, you know what? I need to go back to what I know. Some of you need to go back to what you know. Some of you know that that prayer works and you know that the Bible works and you know hanging around the right friends work and hanging around and putting good things into your life work. And sometimes we get away from it because life is good, but wait till life comes and it's going to be bad. Just wait for it. And when it does, the foundation that you've established is going to matter. Amen. It's going to matter. Amen. So she comes and at the end of the story, at the end of the story, it says, I love this, I love at the end of the story, it says in chapter four of Ruth, you can read it. It says, and the woman said unto to Naomi, blessed by the Lord. These women come to Naomi. Ruth married Boaz. She was having a baby. And these women, you know how us women do sometimes. We come to our friends and we can tell them. We either say good things or, man, we can talk, talk sometimes, right? Don't, don't, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about, right? Or we all got those friends. Maybe we're spiritual and we just have those friends that do, Okay. Maybe that's the thing, okay? And they come to her and they say, "Hey Naomi, blessed by the Lord, you're blessed, which has not left you this day without a kinsman, without a man." He said, "What is Na-? he said? He's made your name famous." He didn't say he's made Ruth's name famous. He didn't say he's made Boaz's name famous. He said, "I've made your name famous." And it says in verse fifteen. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of your life and a nourisher of your old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to you than seven sons, has born a son. And if you know the story of Ruth, if you know the story of Ruth, the lineage produced David and then ultimately produced Jesus. Man, I don't know what you're going through. I'll be professional. I do not know what you're going through, okay? I don't know what you're going through. But it may look like God's failed in your life. But I'm here to tell you the very thing that God uses that you think is failure, God can use to produce a savior. Amen. Amen. That makes me excited because sometimes I feel like everything is coming against me. But when I begin to say, you know what, God, your word has never failed. Let's go on. God is good. Here's the second one. God is good. God is good. It's a core quality of God. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I have plans to prosper you, to not harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. By nature, he longs to bring joy and blessing to all creation. He's not our human definition of good. Many times when people say, how can a good God? Oh, wait a second. Our definition of good is not God's definition of good. Our human reasoning of what God is goodness is not his definition of goodness, and we have to be careful with that. When we think of good, we think of large houses and lots of money. We think of our kids are good. We think of our families good, but that's not God's definition of good. God's goodness is just the very nature of who he is. I want you to look at Joseph. Joseph, I'm going to quickly look at him. His goodness, God's goodness. The story of Joseph, he goes from being the favorite son at, seven, or at uh, 15 to at 17 he was sold into slavery. Then made Potiphar's house manager, only to go back to prison, where he then becomes the prison manager, but then has to stay for a while. He finally then becomes second in command in Egypt, but he does not see his, uh, his brothers until nine years later after that. God's goodness. Man, how? And it says in the Bible that Joseph kept a right spirit. How did he do it? (laughs) I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We say, oh, I could never do things. Don't say you would never do things until you walked in somebody's shoes. Do not because you don't know what they've been through and you don't know what it took to get there. And I'm telling you what, this is what God has been impressing on me lately. You don't have to be the judge because God's word is true. And if they are, if they are going against the word of God, his judgment will outweigh anything that we could say or do. Amen. Amen. And here he is face. He's lost everything. And right when he gets to the top, he loses it again. And then right when he gets to the top, he loses it again. I'm not sure Joseph had the tools to lead all of Egypt through famine if he had not first went went through the process. We ask God to use us, but we don't want to wait and go through anything to get there. God likens himself to a, a refiner. A refiner has to put an object in extreme heat before being able to mold it and make it into the object he wants to be. And that is what God does. If you will hold on to the promise that God is good, no matter what you're facing, You'll be able to reject the hurt and the bitterness and it will come it will come whether you caused it or whether you did not it will come hurt rejection, disappointments will come and God gives you the, the, the decision. He gives you the decision. He says, what are you going to do with this situation? Are you going to stay in the face of the enemy and say, I'm good. God is good. Or are you going to say it and become bitter? Because once you become bitter, the Bible, he, he'll just, he'll just cast you aside. He'll use somebody else. And I want to be used of God. Amen. 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 It took, it may take a while. It took Joseph many years but I'm a testament that he is good and that he, what he says will come to pass. I want to tell, quickly tell a little story before that. Um, and, and it just talks about the goodness of God. And I'll, I'll actually I'll save it at the end. But God, is his goodness outweighs what we think. Amen. Um, teaching your children to find the goodness of God. Teaching your children. Man, we live in an ungrateful age. Amen. I, I can't tell you how many times I give something to a kid and they'll just look at me and I'll say, what do you say? And they'll say, uh, thank you. And I can tell it's not something that they practice. And so, and so I tried to teach, okay, so if I'm in the car with my kids and we see a deer, I'll say, my mom taught me this, I'll, I'll say, man, isn't God good? He let us see that deer. And, and, and you may think it's silly, but what I'm trying to do is to train them to see God's goodness, I'm trying to train them to see the good things of God instead of the bad. Anne Frank, the person that was in the Holocaust, Anne Frank, she said in the crunched area of her basement, and it makes me cry because if you've ever read it, you should read her diaries. It'll make you be thankful. She was up there crunched up in the attic, and all of a sudden she said, look around you and find something, find something to be happy about. Man. Maybe that's why my mom puts that plaque in the the bathroom, so I have to look at it every time I go to her house. I'm always convicted, every time. I said, I want that plaque. I actually took it from her. I was like, I want my kids to see it, okay? Because it it is is a challenge. Look around you and find something to be thankful for, for the goodness of God, amen? Finally, and I'm going to wrap it up with this. God is faithful. He's faithful, amen, amen? I looked up the word faithful and I, I, I had, you know, I, I wanted to cry this because God just really touched me. He said, remaining loyal and steadfast. How many times have we messed up? How many times have we missed the mark and people have left us and people haven't, they like you one minute and then the next day they don't like you. They'll listen to you while she's got something to say. And then the next day ah, she ain't got any, nothing to say. They, they they move the measuring stick. But I'm so glad that I serve a God that says, I am loyal and I am steadfast. And if God be for me, nobody can come against me because God is for me. Amen. Second Timothy, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Second Thessalonians, if God is faithful, he will establish you and guard you against the devil. I love all, and I'm reminded, lastly, I'm reminded about Moses. I'm lying about Moses. Man, Moses' mom had to give up Moses and put him in to a basket. And if you're a mom, I can't imagine. I can't imagine putting my little newborn baby, who's a little older, in a, in a basket and sending him down the Nile River. Where there was crocodiles, where there was uh, the, just the amount of anxiety I would have had to try to do that. And I would have been so, it would have been, it would have been the hardest decision. But yet she trusted God because she knew he was faithful. There's going to be situations in your life you are going to have to trust God. And all those with teenagers say, amen. <laughs> right? I'm not there yet. And I, I don't want to be there yet. Uh-huh. But I have a lot of friends who tell me, "Just if you're tired now, just wait. I'm like, oh, dear Lord, you know, I'm already tired. Uh, and so you have got to trust. You have got to know that God is faithful. And if he remains loyal and steadfast, he is going to finish what he started. Moses went down the river. And as we see the goodness and the faithfulness of God, the, the, the Pharaoh's uh, sister gets uh, the basket, opens it up, says, I'll take him as my own. And all of a sudden, I love this story. Moses' sister pops up and says, hey, 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 I know somebody. I know somebody. Do you know somebody? Isn't that how it happens? I know somebody that can nurse him. And it ended up being his very own mother. And the reason why I love being a children's pastor is because before, at five years old, they have their view of God. And so I believe the whole time time she was nursing him, she was saying, I want you to know that God is good. I believe she was whispering in his ear, I want you to know that God is faithful. I may not be able to get to, to see your life, and I may and it was one of the biggest hurts in her life, and I may not be able to see you grow up, and I may not be able to get to see you every single day, and I may not be able to get to watch you and all the steps that you get to do. I have to watch you from afar, but I believe she would begin to whisper for those three years that she nursed him. She began to tell him the goodness of God, and she began to say, "He is. he is faithful. Full. And, we, and 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 then when he grew up, God said, Moses said, you know, he, he started wondering. And if you have children that are wayward that are not love that are not loving Jesus the way that they need to do, I want you to hold on because I believe that what you instill to in them as a child is going to come back and they're going to come back into the house of God. Amen. Amen. I don't know if that makes you excited, but it made me excited to think that even though my children may make wrong decisions. That I serve a God that's faithful. He's steadfast. He's loyal. He's loyal. He's loyal. And, and, and you know, I am divorced. And sometimes, you know, uh, I, when I can't have him always in my care, I, I experience anxiety. Yeah, yeah. More of that story, don't get divorced. Uh, but I have to trust. I'll be real honest. It's hard for me to be open, but I'll be honest. I have to trust. And that's when God spoke to me and says, you don't trust me. And I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, God, I do. I do believe that you're faithful. And I do believe that you're good. And I do believe I can stand on the fact. Man, amen. I can stand on the fact that you're good. I can stand on the fact that you're favor. And I can stand on the fact that you never lose a battle. Never lose. It may look like it. And I love how they sang that. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Amen. Worship team, you all can come. Amen. 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 Just about done. I just wanted to tell a little bit. I don't know if they heard me, but um, yeah, here they come. I just want to end with this story. And I, 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 if you've never read this story, I, I'm a big reader and uh, I love history. And I love telling stories. I think sometimes when we are doomed to repeat what we don't know about. Amen? And so I read the story of Corrie Ten Boom. I don't know if has anybody ever read the story of Corrie Ten Boom. She was also in the Nazi uh, concentration camp. I'm fascinated with that whole era of history. And I love the story of what she said. A couple things. Her and her sister, after hiding all the Jews, they, they hid them. They got told on and they got sent to a concentration camp. And her and her sister, you have to look it up, uh, Betsy. uh, I read this when I was young and it it was kept with me. And her and her sister uh, got into the books, and they all, the women, developed lice really bad. So they had to shave their heads. And uh, (laughs) Corey recounts a time she said, um, I started doubting the goodness of God. I started getting kind of depressed, which I was like, my Lord, I, I I couldn't, I'm not sure I could even handle some of the stuff that you had to go through. She said, I started recounting that. I started saying, Betsy, I don't know if I can do this. I I don't, I don't know. (laughs) And Betsy, her sister, who eventually did die in the concentration camp, Corey got out to tell the story. She said, Betsy said, Oh, Corey, look at the goodness of God. It makes me cry. Look at the goodness of God. She said, we have lies, and the guards have to stay away from us. Yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, wow. And she said, and we have our Bible. And because they have to stay away from us, we get to open it up and have a Bible study with all of our friends. in this big concentration camp in this this, this, uh, facility. The goodness of God may not look that you think it would look like. But I promise you, his promises are true. The vital thing I wanted, to say, I wanted to say about it, personalize the promise. Personalize it. Make it about you. When you pray, pray the scripture. Thank you, Lord, for going before me. Personalize it. Number two, position it. I write it down. When I was going through some anxiety and fear, I found all the scriptures on fear. And I would, I would, I would tape them all over my house on my mirror everywhere and i begin to read them until i got it into my spirit and lastly pray it pray it over it pray it over yourself pray it over your children at night when my kids are asleep i go in there and i lay my hand gently and i said to my son you will be a man of god god in jesus name he will he will preach i just call it i don't know if he will or not he won't touch drugs No, he's not going to. He's not. In Jesus' name. He's he's going to be a mighty man. Then I go into my daughter and say, God, I thank you for this sweet, energetic, Jesus, girl. And she is going to declare the praises. She's going to be a worship leader. And God, I thank you for that. And I thank you she is going to stand in the face of whatever comes her way and make wise decisions. Your life is what you want it to be. But the Bible is used and the promises are used for you. If God hadn't given them to you, if he hadn't put them in there, wouldn't. They're, they're used for our weapons of warfare. Let's all stand. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Amen. We're going to pray. And we're also, if you feel like you want to give, your heart to Jesus. You're, you're done playing games. Listen, if you're gonna go through the motions, don't 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 be a Christian. Just go. But if you say, you know what, I, I want to do this. I want to give my all. Anything that's worth doing is worth doing well. Give your heart to Jesus fully, completely. And we're gonna pray a blessing over you. This this prayer is this song is a absolute comes straight from scripture. It's called the blessing. And, and you can make it personal for your children, for your grandchildren. We're going to pray and then we're going to sing for you. You may come on down if you want a time of worship. And then I'm going to get you out of here. Amen. Father, I thank you and I praise you for your good and we can stand on it. You're faithful and we can stand on it. And God, you've never lost a battle and we can stand on that. I thank you, Lord, that you go before us and behind us and around us, Lord, that you make a way where there seems to be no way. And I thank you that I serve a powerful God, not a God that just sits on the sidelines. But God, you are in control. The news media is not in control. The world is not in control. Situations are not in control. But God, you are in control. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are in control. Now, Father, if there's somebody that doesn't know you right now, if you don't know him, say this prayer with me. and We can all say it. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me, for shedding your blood for me. And, Father, I want you to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and wash me clean.